Hello, I'm Christina Leva. And hello, I'm Mackenzie Worrell. <laughs> and this is Writers Get Animated. Today we're talking about gender bending. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hello, like we said, this is Writers Get Animated. I'm Chris Leva, and you're I'm, still... I'm still Mackenzie Worrell. Today on the show, <laughs> we're discussing gender and changing gender in cartoon shows, because apparently that's a big thing to do in animation. It's funny. It is just as funny um, to kids as fart jokes. Yeah. Changing gender is... is it's crazy and interesting mm -hmm. in, in animation. And, and it breaks the rules. Yeah. We can suspend our disbelief when an animated rabbit dresses in women's clothing. Right. So ways, and when we talk about gender bending, we don't want to talk about like, um, it's not like being an airbender or no, gender. <laughs> we are gender benders. No. Is that something that's interesting on that? Would that, I, would that work on the show? I don't think that would. Where they just like reach out their hands no, towards somebody? I'm just gonna, and, I'm gonna stop you and, now. Okay, I'm sorry. just gonna stop you now. Okay, <laughs> but there, <laughs> there are several different ways that animated shows can um, play with the idea of gender and changing gender mm -hmm. and transforming gender. And to talk about these four things, we have actual episodes we're going to discuss, but we're going to posit our examples through the lens of Futurama because it does three of the four. Four of the four. Four of the four. Three of the four. Three of the four. It does <laughs> one of them twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have four examples with three of the four ways because it does one of them twice. Well, let's, let's, let's do those three examples and we'll make up an example on the fly for the fourth one. Okay. I don't know if there is, is one for the, the fourth one. So when you're looking at, at gender and specifically how you change gender... Um, we're looking at the, we have mode one, which is the mind swap. It's your brain, but now you're in someone else's body. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, my brain is now in this person's body, you know, freaky Friday kind of thing, but you're in the body of a different, somebody of a different gender. And for some reason, your vocal cords are too. Right. <laughs> How does that work? Because your brain takes your voice with you. Yeah. Because that's part of your brain. Not affected by the Adam's apple or puberty at all. No, just it's all brain. All brain. So your brain goes to somebody else. You have your mind swap. Um, the Futurama lens of this one is the episode Prisoner of Benda. Perhaps the greatest episode of the revived series of Futurama. Yes. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, you made a note on this. Though. I did. Um, there's actually a... Uh, Ken Keeler, who's a writer for, was a writer for Futurama, has a PhD in mathematics and developed a mathematical theorem to prove the plot twist of this episode. That if you are brain switching and you can't have the same people switch back their brain, you only ever need two additional people who have never switched brains with anyone in the group to get everyone back to their original bodies. And this isn't really an important mathematical theorem, so it's not really a theorem, it's more of just a proof. Um, but it is probably the the only mathematical proof ever done on television. And the actual proof is on the whiteboard in the background of this episode. So. Boom. Yes. Hashtag math. <laughs> <laughs> so Prisoner Benda Mode 1, Mind Swap. 
uh, one of the episodes that we are talking about today does delve into a mode one gender change. Um, mm -hmm. Mode two is just you yourself change gender. It's you and your own body. And the gender is different. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So the, the Futurama lenses on these, it's the episode Bend Her, where Bender goes, tries to go to the Olympics as a woman athlete and then changes gender. It's actually a double whammy because it's also a different mode. Which is... Starts as one mode. Right, we'll, we'll talk which about... Which we'll get to. And the changes into Bender um, transitions into being a fembot. Right. So, uh, also there's uh, the episode Newtopia in the revived Futurama, um, where they end up on a planet and all of them end up being different genders to find out which is the best gender. So all the men are women, all the women are men. Mm -hmm. And they end up with more characters there because you have to have more characters for that yeah. plot to work. Yeah, lots of side characters. Fun. For some reason, a Futurama is a male-heavy cartoon show. So, um, <laughs> mode three, it's an alternate, alternate? It's an alternate universe where it's the same character, but not the same character. Mm -hmm. It's like that character, but they're a woman in this universe. It's a different universe. And I feel like there may actually be a Futurama episode for this. And if it isn't, it is an episode where this would have worked well. The Farnsworth Parabox. I don't think that's in there. I but don't. I, I think... They could have done There that, are though. lots of un unopened boxes in the Farnsworth Parabox. So <laughs> Literal unopened boxes, <laughs> not metaphorical unopened boxes. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's, it's very um, likely to consider that the Farnsworth Parabox holds an alternate universe where the genders are swapped. Mm -hmm. Where it's the same character, but they're a different gender in a different universe. Yeah. Whether or not this is factually true, it still illustrates our example using entirely Futurama metaphors. Well done to us. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in on that. Um, and the fourth mode is simply a costume change. Mm -hmm. AKA um, drag. Abs absolutely. So you absolutely have... Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> you have Raging Bender, mm -hmm. where he's a wrestler forced to dress as a, a, a female. Mm -hmm. So it puts on a... Where it becomes tutu. the gender bender. That's right. Unlike, you know, Legend of Korra gender mm -hmm. benders. Yeah, no. There this are no Legend of Korra gender benders. Aren't there? The spirits? No. I don't know. Anyway, anyway so... Uh, but this mode is also visible in the Bender the Olympics episode where Bender first dresses as a woman. But yeah. then he has to prove that he's a woman. And becomes a woman. And becomes a woman. Mm-hmm. At that point. We have several modes. We, we transition modes, if you will. There we are. Well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, so those are the four modes. Mind swapping, actual staying the same character, but your gender is being transformed. Um, an alternate universe where it's the same character, but they're actually a different gender. And then having a costume change. It's, it's all a little bit superficial in that sense. Mm -hmm. So And through this modes. lens... We yes. have two examples today. Yes. Um, doesn't matter which modes are in for this part, but we'll mention that. Um, but we have one example that talks specifically about gender and being in a differently gendered body, and one that completely ignores the fact they're in differently gendered bodies. Yeah, and I think it's probably best that they did because of 
different things, which we will talk about. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's probably safe that they did. But in my <laughs> fanon, there's some interesting things that happened. Mm -hmm. Fanon sounds more and more like, like a fanny pack I'd carry around. <gasps> I'm going to have a whole outfit later. Is it for a, is it for a camera? <laughs> to hold your Canon? My Fanon 70D. It's a Fanon? <laughs> no. Go on. Anyway, um, our first example... Um, as you might expect in an episode of our podcast about gender, oh my god, we're talking about Steven Universe. What? What? Who talk? We? Us? Gender? Raiders get animated? Talking about Steven Universe? <laughs> what? Um, episode 37 of season one, Alone are, Together. Because there are lots of episodes in season one. Yes, so. just in season one, though. <laughs> so, 37. Alone yes. Together. Um... And if you're not familiar with Steven Universe and the world of it, or you have not listened to us talk about it in any of the past six out of ten episodes, um, that's a guesstimate. <laughs> you, uh, can, you can check out our episode WTF, mm -hmm. which is good, but you're also more than welcome to watch some Steven Universe episodes. Yeah, you could actually just watch the show instead of listening to ours. But you should listen to ours. Yeah, and, and then not, watch the show. Yeah, yeah, or both. Yeah. Either or. Um... Part of the premise of Steven Universe is that there are these um, alien beings called the Gems who fuse together in fusions of different bodies. And they're kind of like these genderless beings, but long story short, one of them gave up her corporeal form because she was in love with a human to give birth to a son, Steven Universe, who's part human, part gem. So Steven is a gendered boy, but he's also a gem. And Steven is a friend named Connie, who is completely human. And they discover that Steven can fuse with other humans. And so Steven and Connie fuse, and they're both like these, I forget how they're, 10 or 12 year old, somewhere around there. Right. 10 to 13. Mm -hmm. um, and they fuse together and they become this kind of fused, older teenage girl gendered presenting body called Stevani. Right. It feels like it's, uh, it feels like Stevani is about. 16 or 17. Yeah. But fuller figured than yeah. either one of them. Right. We're just saying something. But but um taller. Um Yeah, she older sounding. Yeah, older sounding. Mhm. Mm um seems like she would be a character from a different show. Her body type seems a little mm -hmm. from a different reality. So, it's yeah. a very striking um striking person yeah and so. that's part of the premise and i think a lot of the dramatic tension of this episode is about i mean in in many episodes for example our futurama examples um when there's an actual gender change and this isn't really either their own bodies but they're both kind of inhabiting this older female body um the characters are kids who don't necessarily have a complete fully formed concept of gender yet and so I think a lot of the tension of this episode is having two minds inhabiting this older body and not having a concept of that gender. And as an older adult watching this, you're like, oh, what's going to happen? They don't know what's happening with gender. They don't know what gender is, but everyone else does because they go to like this high school dance and they sneak in. Was It was a rave. It was a rave. My bad. <laughs> a high school dance. It was a rave. It was a rave. It was a they rave. It a rave. And yeah. And there were these and other young adults whether they're older high schoolers or younger i feel like they people. were i feel like they were older than high schoolers they felt very older i i 
Can't remember the name of the person that they met. Yeah, but they do Paul. Yeah, they do my favorite trick where they introduce a character and part of the danger is that you never see this character before and you never see this character again. So you're kind of like, what's this character going to do? I don't know. Yeah, a creepy guy coming over to I don't know if he he himself is that creepy. Is it just creepy because of him coming towards Yeah, in the context of the show of like this, this kind of... It feels slightly creepy though. I think that's partly the context of Steven Universe. I mean, he is a little creepy, but it's kind of like this romantic list show for the most part, except for, that's a spoiler, but except for the other thing, which is mostly genderless. Um, and so we're, we're kind of putting the characters of Steven Universe in this high school drama all of a sudden. You know, high school dramas are full of hormones and craziness. So we're kind of taking those characters and putting them in this extra element. And I think that's where the tension is. The characters don't know what to do with that, um, which really makes this an interesting episode to watch. Yeah, and I think part of it has to, when whenever you get towards that sort of um, the gender change, it does become uh, about sexuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't not be somehow about sexuality mm-hmm. because of that gender change, especially... Um, this fusion between a young boy and a young girl mm-hmm. coming together somehow. They don't stay the same age. They don't stay the same body shape somehow. They're yeah. in something completely and entirely different and somewhat it, a little bit more sexualized in a way. It is like they both change gender right. in this, which is something you don't really see in these kind of, it's a special asterisk on whichever mode we're going to call this one. Because it's a couple. <laughs> it's a mind swap and gender change. Yes, it is. It's a mode one and mode two together mm-hmm. at the same time. Alone together. Alone together. Well, there you go. So <laughs> there we are. Because they don't, it doesn't, but it doesn't take their voices. Yeah. Stefani speaks with Stefani's own voice. Mm-hmm. And many of the fusions in this gem world have their own voice. Nicki Minaj is one of them. They're often like these these female cultural icons voicing these special fusions who are on once in a while. Because mm. the fusion is a completely char- new character on their own. Yeah. They have their own memories and own interactions with other characters, but they also retain the, the memories separate. and personality of the two beings or more who become them. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. But there was a lot of danger in there, too, because... And it's some, not like traditional gem danger. It's it, it, it's weird emotional <laughs> danger. Like, Is I, that the name of this episode? Weird emotional danger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Possibly. Weird emotional danger. Because it's... Yeah, it's, it's about what they're learning about each other, um, about the body... Um, one thing that hardly any characters ever do when something like this happens is like explore physically this new body beyond like, Ooh, let's take it out for a test drive and run and see how it feels to run and, and do different things that way. It's like, Hmm, Excuse us, let's go to the restroom for a moment and let me figure out what's happening here. You <laughs> yes. know, let me get a sense of what this really is. 
Um, even just to look in a mirror, I'm not trying to get <laughs> say anything more than yeah. Yeah. none of them ever really stop and look in a mirror about what are you really facing. So yeah. there's not even that. Well, I think it's, again, partly because they don't, they are of an age where they don't really have a construct of this yet. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of it, but not really. So they don't even know that there is something different. Yeah, but even the adults, you know, in any of the Futurama modes, nobody ever, like, stops and looks in a mirror of, what have I done? What have I become? What have I... There's none of that self-discovery right away. Mm -hmm. It's just the, eh, look okay. at me! <laughs> you know? The, yeah. So, there, there's just something interesting ab about leaving that, leaving that lingering um, out there. It's just something that's unexplored. Not that they should have explored it in this episode. I think they explored just this idea of the two of them being together. Um, and then the idea is when will they separate and can they separate? And, mm -hmm. you know, what's it like having had that experience together as this, as this new person? Um, and that separation just happens so suddenly and yeah, weirdly. And, you know, and in a later episode, we do see they accidentally do this fusion in front of Steven's dad, which we've already talked about this episode, but Steven's dad gets very concerned about it. And it kind of goes into like this almost birds and bees tone of talk without actually explicitly being about gender or love or anything. Right. Right. It's very subtly coded. Right. Which it dramatic irony plus hormones equals this episode <laughs> alone together. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then our other example, mm -hmm. Kim Possible. Kim Possible, episode Mind Games, uh, season one, episode eight. And I'll give you three guesses as to which mode this is based on the title Mind Games. <laughs> um, you can catch this episode, <laughs> videos.disney.com. You can, um, if you search for it there, you should be able to watch it. Um, that's how I watched it. That's how Mackenzie watched it eventually. <laughs> Um, if, you <laughs> don't, if you don't know the um, construct behind Kim Possible, <laughs> let's suspend our disbelief and talk about what this show is. Which so, I forgot about and was highly bemused by it as I was rewatching it. <laughs> I forgot how much I liked the show. So Kim Possible, me too, uh, Kim Possible um, is a high school young woman who is um, also a secret spy, though not so secret, because yeah. she puts it on her website to call her or beep her. If you want to reach her. If you want to reach her. Uh, which, side note, the communicator, because it's the communicator. Uh, uh, the Kim, I know. That sound effect is what it sounds like when I get a text message from my wife. So, <laughs> uh, I like the show. Wouldn't that be the sound if she gets a text message from you? Wouldn't that make more sense? Why? It's I'm the person who likes Kim Possible. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds very much like the Power Rangers. So somebody at my day job um, has the Power Rangers. And when they hear his, they're like, Kim Possible. He's like, no, it's Power Rangers. <laughs> and I always laugh because I'm like, you fools think that's Kim Possible. You fools. So young. He just gets so upset. He's like, no, it's not Kim Possible. It's Power Rangers. Oh, no. Because there's da-da-da-da is the Kim Possible. And then a dun-dun-da-da-dun-dun. 
It's an extra dun dun. Right. It's like but, dun, dun, getting dun, dun, a partial dun. song. Never mind. I'm getting too nerdy. Never mind. Go on. So continue. But moving on. Oh, so no. Kim Possible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris O'Dowd. I need to. Oh no. Christina O'Dowd. <laughs> um, I'm rubbing my I'm rubbing my eyes. I can't. <laughs> you knew it. I didn't oh. even have to say it. <laughs> I know. Um, moving on. <laughs> so Kim Possible. Um, secrets well not so secret spy who helps out people who need her help along with her friend um ron stoppable and rufus and rufus his pet mole rat naked mole rat. naked mole rat sorry i should specify because they're not as cute as rufus is in real life they are <laughs> they are horrific they're pretty adorable they're, no they're horrifying <laughs> they're horrifying in real life Kim Possible made a huge lie about naked mole rats. <laughs> they are perpetuating lies about naked mole rats. Are there clothed mole rats? <laughs> I'm sure there's a Tumblr somewhere. Clothed mole rats, and that's all it is. Is mole rat, naked mole rats. <laughs> don't, don't look it up. Don't look it up. It's not time. Uh. So Ron Possible, who's the nerdiest guy... Uh, who hangs out with Kim, who's the most popular girl, head cheerleader and everything. And But they're best friends, and they go together on these adventures and go help people out. And they're able to call in favors because they help everyone. So like, yeah, of course I'll fly you to this random island because you helped me this one time when my pizza didn't get delivered. And you're great, Kim Possible, or something. Or you... You saved my cat from being turned into a monster or something. Kim Possible. Thank you. So, of course, I'll take you to this place. Don't she, they always help the same, like, super scientist also? Sometimes, yeah. I feel like I recognize yeah, them. Yeah, every now and again they will. Yeah. But then um, her, her nemesis, Dr. Draken, mm -hmm. voiced by the great John DiMaggio. Oh, yes. Um... <laughs> Uh, has kidnapped this guy who works at a secret military base and swapped brains with him. Um, so it looks like it's Dr. Draken calling Kim Possible for help, but it's really this poor man who's ended up in Dr. Draken's body mm -hmm. because Dr. Draken is using this other body to break into to steal this laser thing and destroy stuff. Yeah, which we don't ever find out what this laser thing does. Right, we just know it's bad. And mm -hmm. Dr. Draken is on his way to take care of it. Um, so he's used this mind ray to swap bodies with this person. So we have an idea of, oh, I'm sure that's probably going to happen. Mm. Once we go through some things and see what high school life is, is like for Kim and what high school life is like for Ron. So mm -hmm. Ron is always getting bullied and people stealing his lunch money and getting punched and not being allowed in certain parts of the school. And Kim is getting ready for, you know, this, the high school cheerleading finals. And, and she has to make decisions about the font for the title of the yearbook. Right. She has a lot of decisions because she is that popular. Mm -hmm. She is that popular. In real life, like dramaturgically, I don't think that the two of them would be friends. No. I d they would not be. Unless they like, grew up together or something. Yeah. There's, I don't understand the dynamic. Yeah. there's. We have to suspend our disbelief. Not that she's a super spy going on all these missions, but that the two of them are friends. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the biggest thing 
that Kim Possible asks us to believe. Well, maybe with those names, I bet their parents were friends or something. Because who names one kid Kim Possible and the other Ron Stoppable? I mean, come on. <laughs> the Stoppables and the Possibles mm-hmm. are, are family friends. Yeah. So, maybe. Um, anyway... <laughs> to move to, to to make a huge spoiler, Kim and Ron end up being hit with this mind ray and Ron ends up in Kim's body and Kim ends up in Ron's body. Mm-hmm. So Which neither are, of them is pleased about. Right. We are dramaturgically have issues with that. Um, <laughs> yes. But that is... <laughs> That's that, all we have to say. That is a mode one gender change. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind swap. Yeah. <laughs> Vocal cords and everything. Vocal cords and everything. So Ron um, now looks like Kim, but still sounds like Ron. Mm-hmm. So that way you know they're still changed. And everyone else can hear them with the same odd voices also. So, yeah. so they just have different behaviors now. Now, one thing about this gender change is they never acknowledge the issues and the complications of... Two high school friends changing gender. And not just changing gender, but being in someone else's body. Mm -hmm. This is never a thing. Mm -hmm. It's never brought up. Mm -hmm. It's never acknowledged. Um, Kim Possible's dad, Mr. Possible, or Mm -hmm. Dr. Possible, um, never has an issue. (laughs) He does have no concern for his daughter's body. Uh, being being controlled at will by the mind of a unpopular nerdy boy, teenage boy, teenage boy. I left mm. out that word. I was going to say teenage boy. They do. I must say, they make the the mind swapping trope joke, which is possibly the only time they get close to acknowledging this. And Ron is happy with how breezy the skirt is that he's wearing for the cheerleader finals. A mandatory breezy skirt joke. Right. You have to make that joke. Because that's one way to acknowledge that, hey, look, I'm in a different gender. Woo! I'm in a skirt now. You you girls are so lucky to wear these skirts. Or something. I don't know. Wear a kilt. Do something else. <laughs> I don't It's just really... I just can't believe. Um, they're... I feel like there should have been, but once you acknowledge that, then you just go down a a terrible, terrible path of acknowledging what's really happened. The 2000s were a different time, Chris. You couldn't talk about that on children's programming. I know. You just wait like 10 years and we have Steven Universe. Well, all they talk about really is that Kim has a hard time as Ron because Ron is unpopular. Mm -hmm. And Ron realizes just how difficult it is to be a popular teenage girl. It's more of a popularity swap. Right. It's it's more about, hey, the reality of my existence swap. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. So it's like, oh, so this is this is how challenging it is to be unpopular. Oh goodness. Yeah. I've I've lived my life, you know, in in someone else's shoes now and And ultimately, I think that's why this episode is kind of disappointing dramatically, because you keep waiting for them to say something like, even as a viewer, even in high school or middle school or whatever age, you're ready to just know, like, when are they going to talk about this? Because it's the obvious thing that's happening. It's 
actually the elephant in the room. Yeah. When we, I mean, when we brought up this topic, this was one of the first episodes I thought of was <gasps> that episode. And I remembered thinking that they said something about it. And they didn't. They didn't ever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what surprised me. I was watching the waiting room. I was like, well, where's that moment where, because I remembered like, I guess. You just my, have a fan. My fan must have, <laughs> you know, like said something like, watch your hands, Ron. You know, something like that. <laughs> just something like that. Like, but even if you say something like that, then it gets a little bit, then I guess it gets obviously dangerous because there's a point where they're in their spy clothes and then she has to get dressed for. Yeah. They, there are several the outfit changes. There's, there's at least three <clears throat> different outfit changes. So at three specific moments, Ron has had to change clothes as Kim. Mm hmm. And vice versa. I don't want to. No, no, no. I don't want to devalue any expression of sexuality as a teenager. Right, but there's there's that as a question. You know, they both, as the other person, have had to change clothes, mm -hmm. and there's no mention of anything. I think even even if they didn't want to go into this at all, I think a funnier moment could have been if they had to wear the same clothes the entire time to avoid this. I think that would have been that's a missed great. opportunity dramaturgically. Mm -hmm. That would have been really fun because then that acknowledges the gender thing mm -hmm. causes a different problem. Like, why are you wearing that to cheerleader things? I'm, oh, just, I'm trying to imagine like a cheerleading outfit feels, over it. Right. Something like that. That'd be great. It's like, wait, well, you know, no, uh, this just, I just no feel comfortable today. <laughs> this is the way I feel today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or have it be something where Ron puts on the cheerleading outfit on top of it and then is able to then take off the other clothes or something, you know, oh, like get into that thing Let's because he doesn't want to go clothing physics. But what I'm trying to say is that it would be funny if he had a problem, but Kim didn't or, yeah, you know, where she shows up in a different outfit and he's like wearing the cheerleading outfit on top of whatever was wearing. And she's like, what are you doing? My other dramaturgical problem with this episode is that Rufus, the naked mole rat, stays with Kim when she's in Ron's body. Hmm. Instead of being with Ron in Kim's body. Yeah. You feel like Rufus would have gone over with Kim. Yeah. Well, with Ron in Kim's body. Yeah. But there were no pockets in, in any outfit that... Her spy pants have pockets. Right, but she wasn't wearing her spy pants very often. She was in the cheerleading outfit quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of breeze. So you'd have to hold the naked mole rat on. That would have told the whole world what had happened. They didn't want the high school to know that they had changed bodies. No, they were just both sick and had different vocal cords that day. Right. They didn't want to acknowledge that. They didn't like, wait. Because then everyone in the school would have been like, so, Ron, how was Kim's body? I... On that note. Or, I don't... What's your I'm like favorite I'm saying, it's moment. challenging. It's a challenge. <laughs> it's a dramaturgical challenge. Look at that. It's a massive valley of thorns. And it's like, there's no way. It's a Kobayashi Maru of teen sexuality. Wow. There's no that's, way of winning that. That's the episode title. <laughs> can't say anything about it and if you do say anything about it, there's no way to win you, you have to 
there's no winning. <laughs> so, you were going to say. What's your favorite moment that doesn't involve any Kobayashi Maru's? <laughs> I think my favorite moment was one of the parts that I had the hardest time with Steven Universe, that episode where they finally separate. Mm -hmm. they're, they're together. They finally separate back into their own bodies and they start laughing and we cut immediately to the credits. Mm -hmm. um, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, did the internet jump or something? <laughs> because I didn't expect that to be the very end because mm -hmm. there was no, you know, living with the new reality of them being out, but they solved the problem. Mm -hmm. They're together. Uh oh, how are they going to be apart? Yeah. Oh, they are apart. We're safe. Credits. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like, oh. That's all the physical problem that they were experiencing and not the emotional problem that we experienced as an audience, but they weren't experiencing as characters. And I think that's where, I think that was my favorite thing. <laughs> Plop, we're done. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, what just, what just happened? <laughs> that was my favorite thing. It's like, they're safe. Wait, wait. What? Uh, and it just moved mm -hmm. on. So. Uh, mine has nothing to do with gender. I just like the evil lair elevator music going down to Dr. Draken's lab. I love Draken. He's a, he's a great character. Oh, no. He's like a Tim Curry knockoff. Yeah. Just yeah. like my impression of him. So. <laughs> awesome. We have a quick little bit of unfinished business from our Ahsoka Tano episode all about Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. um, which you can go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it or listen to it again if you are so inclined. Mm. But there is actually an Ahsoka novel coming out ah. um, in October. Um, we, we got a, a notice from one of our followers on Tumblr. who's like, mm -hmm. hey, there's a novel, which gives us the missing story from Ahsoka leaving the Jedi to Rebels. So I'm a little afraid but I'm really more excited. So Ahsoka. Ahsoka. October, it looks like. So Ahsoktober. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk homework time. Um, we're discussing suspending your disbelief. Mm -hmm. uh, so like you do on animated, on a show about animation. Or um, like you do, we're listening to this podcast, spending your disbelief, uh, thinking that we know what we're talking about. There we go. Um, so we're asking you, um, DuckTales, to, to watch DuckTales, season one, episode nine, the episode Armstrong. Uh, you can find it on DVD on discs if you do that, or find it some other way. Um, I have the DVDs. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You can find it in Chris's living room. Yes. So please call before you come over. Um, I won't give you my number. <laughs> We're... Anyway. Um, should we sign off? Well, as always, thank <laughs> oh, you to... <laughs> oh, let's say thank you. I'm thank Christina. Oh, no. I'm done. Okay, we're done. Okay, go ahead. Say thank you. Thank you, Christina, for visiting. I'm, um, I'm going. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Christina. We'll see you next time. Hopefully not. Oh, I fell and I'm <laughs> dying. Ah. She fell. I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> thank you to Jacob Reed for our music and to Nigel Cotino for our um, engineering. And also, special thanks to... Um, 
our question mark number one fan, Brandon, for the topic suggestion for this week's episode. Yes, thank you, Brandon. If you have a topic to suggest or you'd like to hear us wax poetic about or wax in some way, <laughs> please contact us. Get in touch with us on the web, on Twitter, at WG Animated, on the Tumblers, on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and facebook.com slash WG Animated. So. Toodles! <laughs> I think we're just done. <laughs> Good night, everybody! <laughs> I can't. It's hard to do the It's hard to do the I'm the female. I'm the same. This is Delphire.